Section 2 of the Testaments of John Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Testament of an Empire Builder. Parable pro re nata. But whether or no the world is round, and he still must go through depths profound, o'er heights of snow, on virgin ground, to find a grave, to find a grave. For he knows very well he must trample out through heaven and hell with never a doubt a way of his own the world about. The last ballad and other poems. A protagonist came into the marketplace and began to sing songs that had not been sung before. As soon as they perceived that the songs were new, the people asked him why did he not sing the old songs. The protagonist answered, I am dissatisfied with the old songs and wish to sing new ones. With that they held their peace and listened attentively and often with approval, because the new songs, like the old, contained many expressions of delight and hope. Besides, it was exactly the superficial complexion of things that this people, like most peoples, loved to contemplate. Wherefore, when pain and terror, which are the blood and nerve, the entrails and inmost complexion of the world, began more fully to inform the protagonist's songs, the people bade him cease. We want the old songs, they cried, the old lullabies, the old flatteries. Our hearts ache for these. We never tire of these. It was indeed the case that the poetical imagination of this people dwelt fondly in the library, in the cathedral, and in the museum of antiquities, haunts of pallid legends, barren ideals, and dead gods. Pallid, barren, and dead at least to this people, because the racial desire of comfort, even more than centuries of wistful loving-kindness, ineffectual enough against the facts of life, had leached out of legend, ideal, and God, all anguish and terror, the actual base of such. I should like to sing my new songs, the protagonist said. It is true I come from homes and palaces and beautiful lands, with happiness and mirth, pleasure and enchantment, but I have also been in the wilderness, the prison house, the torture chamber, and the dark places with solitude, travail and pain, bitter laughter and despair i have told you the testaments of the vivisector and of the man forbid i am now about to tell you the testament of the empire builder afterwards i wish to tell you the testaments of the harlot the artist the christian the mendicant the criminal the millionaire the proletarian the convertite the evolutionist the deliverer and others that are eager to be told i understand that these testaments are likely to displease religious and irreligious minds the pessimist and the optimist alike i therefore invite the attention of free intelligences and if it may be of intelligences which although not free are yet able to elude the vigilance of whatever creed system or theory has them in charge a huge moiety of the crowd drew off and thought no more of him of those who remained the majority whether they approved or not honored themselves and him by their attention but some began to stone him with right good will i was broken on the wheel in fuel twelve years ago he told them cheerfully the executioner knowing his business and loving it well proceeded in a leisurely manner that i might realize and savor the torture and be maddened with anticipation of each ensuing stroke 
but when he had smitten me on the breast and left me for dead there came by one who undid the chains which bound me to the wheel whereupon although all my limbs were broken and my bosom staved in having within me that material power formerly fabled of the gods i arose and came down here into the market-place and began to sing again a man who has been broken on the wheel no longer feels pain your stones hurt me not but the lapidation incommodates me much desist i pray you however his reflective auditors with placid austerity counselled him against petulance and those who stoned him insisted with great good humour that they were not stoning him we are only trying to make out your meaning they said and so it seemed to them for they were very honest people but in the world where this happened it is in the nature of things that the apparent deed is often entirely different from the actual one so that men constantly kill each other without knowing it the protagonist reassured resumed his testaments and his audience the reflective portion having not withdrawn continued to make out his meaning by stoning him when they had killed the protagonist they were struck with astonishment and exclaimed to each other why the protagonist is dead who can have done this it is the nature of things that killed him declared an ancient who had been the first to throw a stone at him i wish he had finished his testaments said he who had given him the death-blow what were they about i suppose we shall never know i know said the ancient they were parts of one great song what is the name of this great song men of judgment who know its name never tell it because to hear or to speak the name of this song is to be filled with desire to sing it and no protagonist or man will ever be allowed to do so what hinders the singing of this song the nature of things but the truth of this parable has not been established yet john davidson the testament of an empire builder we are the mightiest the heirs of rome and with the power there lies a ruthless obligation on our souls to be despotic for the world's behoof ruthless i say because the destinies admit no compromise we must be first though everlasting war cement each course of empire with our blood to break with all the ragged past and be the demiurge of order and a time stamped with my image is to chafe mankind and mark my power and daring carved in deep amazement and a world-wide frown is to read triumph in a storm of hate self's the man you must not let me lie so long threescore and ten self-knowledge ends in self-contempt man can be too familiar with himself let me not lie so long recumbent nerve evolves sublime designs quintessences of wit and strokes of power where the veins swell and tighten muscles twain but in my head the turbid lees of blood settle and fume and harass me with dreams last night i saw the universe in visions more intense than any scene my memory can recall of things beheld and done while voices quaint or awful in my sleeping ears conversed i seemed to pace beside an olive brook that slumbered in a wood 
the water bore a wandering arabesque of harvest leaves crimson and saffron ebony burnished gold and in its bosom coyly stowed away fantastic shadows odds and ends of cloud sunbeams and purple patches of the sky under a chestnut tree whose candles all were out and scounces broad from green to bronze transmuted nanook frosty furred addressed a group of beasts my lord the elephant the lion grave and watchful as a man a boma umber-coloured ringed and pied with stable stains and silver worshipped once a dreaded deity and a hawk the vulture king with wings as innocent in dye as fleur-de-lis yet gilt-adorned with rose and violet and daffodil engrailed upon his head and sinewy neck splendour and beauty are the flower and scent the crown and sign of epicures in blood beside these humbly knelt the groundling ape the rusty hackney truant from his cab the patient mastiff and the placid skunk in stalwart order strong against the world said frosty ninook swaying plentigrade upon his foreshod souls the rumour runs that as the rational unbestial skill of man develops energies profound in matter latent all the earth must pass beneath his feeble heel and all the tribes of noble beasts in native strength superb be rooted out by him whether they range malarial marshes brilliant deserts laced with ivory skeletons precipitous ascents remote ravines fens valleys coasts inclement steaming jungles spicy hot inwove with gorgeous flowers with lustrous wings the frozen sea the silent waste of snow iceberg and red volcano north and south regions inhabited to him unarmed by him untenantable were they his as even the envied quarters of the world for ever are to miscreated man of mean inventions stripped the fangless wretch unhappy clawless hoofless tailless paul the betrayer of the beasts infirm malign usurper only strong in artifice how think you is it true the mastiff bade indubitably man will oust you all i know him selfish as the jealous god his orient outcasts made no perch of earth will in the end escape his ruthless tools alas cried Ninook, shall the heavenly dance illumine swarthy skies with sheaves of light masses of splendid fire in diverse hues empurpled carmine ruby splashed with gold deep violet sapphire emerald orange red in arched or pulsing crystalline athwart the darksome firmament and none of us huge-footed serpent-headed polar bears to revel in the arctic glory feast on blubbered seals that slumber on the flows outspeed the salmon in his element and for the kingdom of the icy strand defeat in battle swift the sullen morse a flea ensconced behind the mastiff's ear chirruped aloud in a nook my friend take heart i for example must be soundly squelched but the idea of the flea remains for race continues always permanence of species is established theory established nonsense neighbor hold your tongue snorted the domineering elephant few are the species that endure beyond their geologic period answer this where are the giant beasts of ancient fame the labyrinthodon the pleosaur gynornis mammoth megatherium ay the great auk and the dodo both extant within the memory of the swan the tortoise and the raven lisped the skunk 
Allow the wind, good brother beast, stand off, said the groundling ape. The troglodyte, existence by itself, abolishes the ill-equipped of every time and style, or if archaic specimens impede the fantasy of matter thronged with shapes in cataclysms, catastrophes of fire, subversions aqueous, and glacial drifts, those stubborn prodigies are swallowed up to clear the way for fresh experiment. But this be sure of every horn and hoof, and every insect, feather, fur, and fin of use to man survives while man survives. One gallant race besides the simian stock, to which I have the honor to belong, of no utility for drought or food, the science and the vanity of man will foster to the end, because by it he swears when he propounds his progress fast from sarcoid origins and a new beloved hypothesis of evolution. Shame! the skunk rejoined with simulated zeal and brandished tail if man were worth his salt there would not now be left a single ape macaque or limmer lorry or calathrisk baboon or gibbon to twit him with descent from lewd abominable quadrumanes mimics of men whose pitiful burlesque has helped creation's lord to theorize ignobly of himself base troglodyte i spurn the theory and i hold your tribe the foulest zoological debauch the misbegotten brood of some insane unholy prehistoric human race in loathsome commerce with pernicious beasts catastrophes and cataclysms indeed i tell you troglodyte mankind will rise a natural convulsion more devout than pilgrimage hegira or crusade more general from the monkeys than the flood and in the panic of aesthetic ire obliterate the libel of himself may i be there to see the vulture yapped as well i wot i will be very sure the vultures and their kindred must outlive all other things in order to devour the putrid carcass of the world at last nay hissed aboma in his silken tones uncoiling sumptuous wreaths of serpent man will see the vultures out my ancestors were gods in enoch i prophesy the final overthrow of bestial power gods gods cried frosty nanook what are gods aboma answered stock or stone beast bird insect or flame or star shadow of man or fancied spirit whom the humans hold responsible on whom they lightly lay the intolerable burden of their sins their sins went anuk mystery what are sins aboma then the quaint abortion man possesses conscience hearing feeling taste sight scent are shared alike by him and us but what this conscience is no beast can tell unless it be some special cowardice in honour held by man's perverted heart certain it is that necessary deeds the lustful propagation of his kind or happy slaughter of his enemies this mouldering conscience turns to mortal sin even in his war on us sin palsied him until he made his affable deity appoint him regent to subdue the earth with perfect power over all fish flesh fowl and over all the earth and everything that moves upon the earth no mortal beast can fathom the fatuity of men 
We can, the dusty hackney neighed. We know what conscious is. It is the lash, the lash, and the corroding memory of the lash. How out of horses to contrive machines that shall excel machinery as an art, excels the rule of thumb. Man's problem rose. You put the cart before yourself, my friend. Wheels were an afterthought. A boma hissed. It may be so, but let me speak my mind. Give me my head for once, the hackney neighed. How might enduring memory be evoked in free forgetful stallions, thunder-hoofed on prairie pampas, heath and tartar steppe, exempt as winds that round the vagrant world pursue their idle fancies, or in dreams enamored roam the starry wilderness? How might an ignominious sense of shame invade the treasure-laden loins surcharged with proud posterity, those valiant hearts, triumphant in the combat of the mares, when the great miracle of grass begins, and simple emerald blades elaborate the soul of earth, the virtue of the sun, replenishing the sexes, how might they, those hearts of stallions, eager for a heaven of fragrant manes, wild glances, quivering flanks, wherein to root their admirable race, how might they lose their courage, how admit the treacherous fear that undermines the will, mnemonics and a discipline adept in conscious rearing man, the traitor wrought with grisly human craft upon himself, the thing that never ceases to corrode, that makes a memory, anguish is the soil, the root, the stem of conscious, and the flower, the late scourged upon the shoulder blades, the slit snout, eyeless sockets, lettered cheeks, cropped ears, main members, mouthless, tongueless maws, in baths of agony and seas of blood, impalements, flailings, faggots, cauldrons, wheels, man thrust and braided, seethed and carved in man a memory and a conscience, so in us a scalpel to the pride of life, the chief utilitarian sin that man commits, a rim of iron for the narrow way, nailed to the dull blunt foot that might have trod the yielding turf, in fenceless deserts free, for all time, with spreading talons armed, had matter dreamed us in her warrior mood a curb of iron in the helpless mouth a captive's meagre fare and all day long between the shafts before the wheels beneath the conscientious the memorial lash the torture of the intermittent rack with super subtle cunning self-applied out of the stallion thus they carve the nag and crown him with a conscience terrible solicitude in labyrinthine streets and stifling throngs of noxious men usurp the shrouded glance that matched the morning once a menace and a sombre mystery haunt the sunlight and the shadow everywhere impalpable remorseless duty kills with that the watchful lion grave and still in level tones began he overcomes within his brittle frame and tender flesh resides a shameful power that bids him veil his nature from himself wherefore he swathes his genial gifts and muffles trunken limbs in lying garments while his thoughts and deeds and all the thoughts and deeds of man and beast are purely evil matter knows endued with moral liveries masks disguises names parade his world of old hypocrisy as like themselves as men are like baboons this shameful power to us unthinkable that sees things other than they are inflicts a sanction as our wise aboma told on sheer necessities the evil use whereof delights us to the marrow soul the virtuous title for this poison gland armament pestilence i know not what 
that conquers and with loathsome sanction taints the noble evil of the universe assembles speed and strength your mass and weight my lord aboma's coiling subtly the skunk's mephitic odor Ninook's grip and hardihood, the sorry hackney's sense of duty, troglodyte's presumptuous ease, the mastiff's courage bland with swifter flight and keener scent than yours, brother and king of vultures into one essential force, whose dire enchantment felt in every nerve is all we know of that strange sorcery. Because, the undaunted flea exclaimed, the soul partake agility phenomenal outstripping me well said illustrious peer the lion laughed did i forget you friend not least ingenious give the elephant your saltatory power behold the soul as near as bestial fancy may conceive but now the lion rose and lifted up a stormy mournful voice man overcomes no hope no help for us and no escape for soul invades the furthest nook of earth and out of earth not soul itself discerns an airy path to some uncursed abode how long the race of lions shall endure aboma cannot tell but this we know the desert darkness and the quaking things that leave their dens aghast when the stunned belt and shattered air transmit through circling leagues the heavy summons leonine that bids reluctant flesh to supper once again shall hear that bodeful utterance as the last uncaptured lion falls then nevermore behind the bars the remnant oh how long behind unyielding bars penned in and starved on morsels savorless a gazing stock of majesty made impotent of old incarnate dread diurnally abused by human eyes like pygmies arrows stuck in every pore or scourged and branded tamed and disciplined tame lions caged and lashed attempting human tricks how long sad earth and afterwards no lions anywhere but this this strangles thought and speech the soul that cannot but prevail no scruple knows of self-impugned magnanimity but like a savage conqueror destroys all record of the foe the subtle means of our oblivion began before the soul grew conscious of profound design if any consciousness of soul belongs when in the zodiac his art impaled a constellation of perfervid stars naming it leo and with the forgery of monstrous sphinx a lion's limbs and trunk with eagle's pinions and the vacant face and insolent bosom of his womankind these treacherous images significant with centuries of thought adorned with dreams and studied fancy of the nations steeped in infinite emotion as in a sea that crusts with jewels sunken derelicts shall be devoutly cherished as the soul's beloved offspring when the splendid name of lion standing once for actual might of matter's own great origin has ceased to signify that breaks my heart my liege oboma hissed suave courtier lowly coiled the soul of man incontinent in art protean as amoeba capable of self-division as the annelids hives off in form and legend manifold alike in every guise yet always new 
most true it is that tritons flaming drakes mermaidens satyrs harpies hippogriffs chimera cherian sirius minotaur shall in imagination overlive the beasts they libel but the punishment of that incontinence of soul pursues with like defeat the victor victim man his caesar christ mohammed tamerlane are featureless to him because the soul embarrassed by their memory fearing yet or impotent to cast them out invests their proper figure and significance with increments of fond humanity for all the world as china muscles tricked by pious fraud with automatic slime their incommodious images veneer moreover sire his best beloved are these hamlet the dane and the ingenious knight don quixote de la mancha shapes unreal as sphinx or centaur boig or laidly worm and thus is soul betrayed condemned and lost yet nothing knows of all its wantonness abortive fantasy and life and death ay said the lion grave and still once more it breaks my heart to think my race must pine in infamy and wither out at last to irreprievable oblivion doomed darkness and then a road wherein i walked an old known road in england near the sea between its beveled slopes a silence went like a full river gliding unperturbed and moored upon the silence or adrift the woodland noises floated carnival rehearsings of that savage epicure the throstle who delights to tune his throat with tortured snails from battered houses torn dramatic interludes of gluttonous starlings who gobble shell and all with drums and cymbals of some stubborn hammering nathatch or follow chat busy among the wood mites and weevils beak and claw but soon sad human tones and leaden steps discordant wheels and thudding hoofs broke up the tuneful silence one strong voice i heard that uttered eager sayings by the way my voice it seemed and yet my lips were still myself i seemed and yet both young and old and thus the voice transmuted into speech the music of the murderous singing-birds with ordure nourished penetrating roots of cleanly flowers and scrupulous select essential virtue to enthrall mankind with passionate hue and scent by alchemy innate sublimed as love sublimes a blush in faces virginal distilled as love distills a wandering sigh from innocence but i would daub a rose with noisome filth in celebration of its birth and state for a badge in beauty's stomacher impale a skull and cross-bones to portend that love and death are one i would and plunge up to the shoulder fingers hands and arms in the world's entrails a psychometer who knows what spirit is let songsters kill and banquet sumptuously as nature bids the pangs of mollusks if they suffer pangs are well endured that pliant throats may gem the air at random rubies emeralds in squandered largesse pour and richly pave the woodland paths with chrysolite and pearl since knowledge kills or cures untie the scarf from love's weak sight and bid him then be strong beholding grossly origins uncouth the havoc of his triumph and the vat of blood he steeps the world in ancient news the world's aware is it so short a while since cain killed abel since bathsheba's son deciphered in a thousand ladies eyes the rubric of the preacher or so long since galia slashed 
like fabled behemoth, her bluest veins in fierce self-surgery. The hardy world derides its growing pains, even as the hardy soul despise desert the cities where nonchalant steeplejacks miraculously keep the clocks behind a century or so desert the roads the highways laid with broken hearts of men and country lanes with tear-slaked ashes strewn the latticed hedges chosen cage of birds and rustic lyre eolian graven rusts the liveried lightning's conduit manifold luxuriant banks by traffic well manured where yellow dandelions all ablaze and cuckoo buds of saffron light enrich a violet-studded ground with ivy scrolled dull labor trudges here ill-favored wives whose bodies know no respite breast or womb abused with offspring while their season lasts on errands shamble foolish couples creep from shadow into shadow when the moon dapples the hedgerow path or in the ditch on starless nights uneasily forestall a licensed more convenient bridal bed and blame the egalantine's alluring scent as potent as a filter in the blood here woeful children odds and ends of life grotesquely play and here my lady bung rolls in her landau she who joined her strain matured of old on plundered abbey lands with modern stock fattened to peerage point by drunkards witting not their final cause here huntsmen gypsies funerals picnics bands between the hedges taint the virgin air with human effluence hateful to a mind in travail and alone out of it all at once my dream achieved a lonely hill wherefrom i saw the ocean welter wide like silver founded in a hollow mould whose confines were the jangling seaboard strung with cords of pebble and the magical horizon's glittering brink a vapour twirled upon the potter's wheel the earth that shapes for pity or applause the very clouds rose like a fragile urn enveloping the spacious air above its rounded mouth the firmament a disk of amethyst received and echoed back in golden showers the lark's continual fugue this vaporous urn wherein i stand coping its hill-crowned base diverse of silver sea and emerald land like glass annealed in water suddenly upon some flaw of wind or scratch of light crumbled together and became a cloud that wrapped me round aloft a tempest bore the cloud and me then whirled the cloud away and left me standing on the verge of heaven the native air thereof flattered my cheek with velvet wings more sweet and delicate than new-blown zephyrs when the barley bends its aigrettes to the ocean-tempered breath of mundane summers or touched me and grew still like scented eyelids of an oisk profoundly learned in love subdued and dumb with passion in the honeyed orient night i watched the figures of the blessed dead who wandered in the forests or reposed beside the brooks in glens of amaranth that shamed the rainbow and in fragrance bore the bell from valley lilies and the rose
There were the great, who triumphed easily, in thought and glance, in word and deed supreme. Also the agonists, who kept their arms, hatred and envy burnished bright with use, who in their bosoms drove intolerance home and let it rust, making a cankered wound to wring their hearts with rage and wind them up, as eastern lovers lest their valiant love should slumber but a moment in their flesh ingraft a poignard for a talisman and so transcending wake and bleed to death there were the warriors they who knew that war can deify disgrace project and charge ignoble causes into golden grounds who sought their foes instinctively as bees with fervid song in search of honey roam whose daily business was the battlefield their hour of rest the tedious interval between two victories who upset the world and deluged earth with blood and there were those whose craft was silence mainly and magpie speech whose apparatus of innuendo, nod and supercilious lightning, cabinet chicanery and documented glows, did and undid and never could get undone, but kept them still on top, and those whose prey was honesty and scruple, foolish greed and sore necessity, who paved with souls of friend and foe their desolate path to wealth. Kings, statesmen, emperors proconsuls popes dishonest brokers robbers millionaires there too were those who fought the conquerors and would not yield at all and those who died contemned and poor but straining to the last for power and wealth or at their proper hands refusing life because they failed to break the world's hard heart and for a travelling rug strip off its glossy hide the fallen the slain the captives madmen bankrupts suicides kings mistresses in separate arbors sat sedately happy to be left alone and harlots of the street in joyful herds haunted the brakes and purlules wild of heaven bevies of mothers beautiful as dawn went up the shadowy aisles queens of the earth who yielded willing harvest of their wombs for dynasties time garners proudly yet with simple wives who loved their spouses well and bore their chubby brats while nature would i saw besides women renowned of old devout adorers of their own delight who treasured health and trained their sensual powers with that innate prerogative of lust desirous of a world of virile deed which made their chamber doors the porch of death their tumbled beds to bloody biers transformed implacably renewing eager youth by slaughter of successive paramours all these i saw at home in heaven all these and all who challenged fate and staked their lives to win or lose the prize they coveted who took their stand upon the earth and drew deep virtue from the centre helped themselves desired the world and willed what matter would a while i slaked my thirsty sight with draughts of heavenly vision till harmonious news assailed my ears with music deeply stained and sweeter than the scent of asphodel it seemed inherent in the imperial air attuned my pitch to heavens transpierced my soul with rapture at the thought of agony and made me search the depths for tartarus 
where those stupendous pangs of wind-driven wheels, recoiling stones of water borne in sieves of famished mouths with ghostly delicates, deluded momently, were wont to ring Exion, Sisyphus, the impious host, and those sweet fifty all save one who slew their virgin bridegrooms in their wedding beds. Nowhere beholding these antiquer sights, my eyes began to ransack space for hell and Christian torments of the damned. I looked, and looked again to see the city of Dis, where heretics their heresies regret, of scorn eternal pain, regretting not, entombed in sepulchres of fire, unpaved till judgment, to be sealed forever then. Or the deep-sighing forest, ominous, where suicides like thorns and briars grow uncouth and barren wildings, rookery obscene of mongrel birds, or to o'erhear that storm instinct with lamentation shrill, where souls of tender lovers whirled about in utter darkness on the unstable air, uplift unhallowed voices loud against the withering blast and terror of their flight, like a swift pang of hell, it stung my mind, there is no hell, all these courageous ones, Ixion, lover of the queen of heaven, the Phrygian humorist who cooked strange flesh to test immortal palates, Corinth's lord who mocked at death and laid him by the heels, the nuptial homicides of Argos, strong to keep their maidenheads, for whom they chose, arrogant Farinata, the Capuan, blind, betrayed, but master of his fate, and all who paired unwed, their seed-time having come, and here with me in everlasting joy. But that sweet music, in my heart of hearts, as vibrant as the octave bell that hums, harmonic mirths to hear his neighbor chime, betokened agony, as certainly as braided strains of mundane sound denote a pitiable ambition-broken gang of drilled executants, an orchestra announced a hell, however peopled, ruled and wrought to such delight. Assured, I scanned the wide domain of heaven, and in the midst beheld a seated figure, richly clad in purple, the golden-haired, with luminous eyes, and deep, he played upon a dazzling range of adamantine notes, chromatic mail of chrysoberyl, ruby, sardonyx, topaz and emerald, and many a gem unknown, plated the intermediate keys, a loom of strings or groove of tuneful pipes I nowhere saw, only in heaven's mist, the jeweled keyboard on a jasper plinth, and the celestial one who played thereon. At random glancing, by the music held in ecstasy I marked, Far off and faint as from the earth, the galaxy appears, a glimmering color, diaper the light, wherein the ethereal bowers of heaven were hung, thrusting my wedded eyes athwart the abyss, for on the instant I foreboded hell, importune my vision first to find a nebula that girt the firmament, then, like a tapestry, seemed the thickening haze, an arras cloth with human eyes embossed, with glaring eyes, thereafter as a clift, precipitous it hung, a bastioned steep, encompassing afar the golden clime, and vigilant with a million million eyes, at last my gaze dynamic grown, I saw, 
that this remote environment of heaven, tier upon tier of flesh from base to crown, this human amphitheater was hell itself, constructed of its denzians. My knitted brows and roofed hands swept the vast, eternal cirque of heinous agony, still as an icy frontier in the moon, except that groups and terraces of folk distended myriad mouths of every key the gracious player struck, like drifts and flaws of wandering air that ripple summer tides, the transient multitudinous gape and cry flickered about the pallid wall i knew as though myself had been the artificer the whole design and every bone and nerve and every sinew and pulse of those that built perdition up the faculty of hell more vehement than flame intensely wrought perpetual and intolerable woe and subtler than the torturer's poison used to palsy action and invigorate sense in bloody groupings of the roots of life mortised each body and soul in ordered rank inhibiting spontaneous deed or sound the gracious player on the jewelled keys by power celestial loosed with every touch imprisoned horror and massive cry tuned to the fingered note while winnowing space mellowed the shriek of women and the roar of men into immortal harmony the inelectable beatitude that moulded the demeanour of the blessed and lit their faces with eternal looks subtle and sweet of malice gratified the salt of beauty and the exquisite original of all felicity materials of hell the altruists, agnostics, dreamers, idiots, cripples, dwarves, all kinds of cowards who eluded fact, dwellers in legend, burrowers in myth, the merciful, the meek and mild, the poor in spirit, Christians, who in very deed were Christians, pessimistic celibates, the feeble minds, the souls called beautiful, the slaves, the laborers, the mendicants, survivors of defeat, the little clans that posed and fussed in ignominy left by apathetic powers the greater part of all the swarthy all the tawny tribes degenerates the desolatory folk in pleasure art vocation commerce craft and all deniers of the will to live and all who shun the strife for wealth and power for every soul that had been damned on earth was damned in hell set there replete with pangs to watch eternally the infinite delight of heaven extorted from himself and those beside him in the rampire built eternal justice it was good to see dives in heaven and lazarus in hell maugre two thousand years of christendom a dream of blasphemous inspiration no if justice is then there is justice now what is will always be if justice is do i believe in heaven and hell i do we have them here the world is nothing else beauty and power and splendor and delight of chosen ones elect ere time began in loathsomeness debility disgrace humiliation travail terror woe of multitudes of myrmidons of all laborers soldiers servants rooted deep he is a slave a prisoner damned in hell whose daily bread depends on toil approved for me i clambered into heaven at once and stayed there joined the warfare of the times in corner trust and syndicate upheaved a furrow hissing through the angry world a red-hot ploughshare in a frozen glebe and reaped my millions long before my prime then being english one of the elect 
above all folks within me fate grew strong the authentic mandate of imperial doom silenced the drowsy lullaby of love though now my turbid blood and nerves disused complain of mystery unrevealed and haunt imagination day and night with looks with beckoning looks soft arms and fragrant breath for even in heaven each ransomed soul frequents a private and inevitable hell undid my simple immature design and made me what tenfold a criminal no other name for hastings clive and me i broke your slothful dream of folded wings of work achieved and empire circumscribed dispelled the treacherous flatteries of peace and thrust upon you in your dull despite the one thing needful half a continent of habitable land the english hell forever crowds upon the english heaven secure your birthright set the world at naught confront your fate regard the naked deed enlarge your hell preserve it in repair only a splendid hell keeps heaven fair end of section two of the testaments of john davidson